the Wimp Olympics has just ended and Mentos has been declared the winner of it all. So, I kind of want to follow suit like these two guys are doing and just simply have a, you know, lovely little cup of joe and talk about it. A few moments later. Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another lovely episode of The Gloving Paradigm where I am your host, Peter, aka LPD8TB, the cringiest glover on YouTube. And today, we're going to be talking about the Whip Olympics. And the main reason why I want to talk about this is because one thing and one thing only. It's an online competition, there's a lot of positive reception to it, and I'm a gloving podcast, I need to be covering something that's going on in the community instead of just all the educational content that you guys love digesting. So that was a fucking lie. You see, see how that was kind of a little sarcastic? You're not funny and nobody likes you. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with the Wimp Olympics, allow me to break it down for you. Wimp Olympics is pretty much a online competition for gloving that is hosted by two people, Youngblood and Materia. Not gonna give out their real names because I just don't feel the necessary need to do so. Oh, thanks, man. Not only that, but this was also sponsored by Glow LED and Visual Kingdom. So, you know, kudos on them. They're really, really cool. Uh, we, we, we like this. We, we like Kurt. We, we like Glow LED. We like the things that they're doing. So, but yes, this was a 64 person competition that was free entry. And I don't even know what the price was. I think it was like a custom glove set from Cat. It, I'm not sure if you want to clarify that for me, go ahead in the comments or wherever. I don't, it's kind of irrelevant and immaterial at this point, but yeah. So basically what we got was a six round competition, which is three Swiss rounds plus the top eight rounds, which adds like another three rounds, like quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. So most people are probably asking, okay, why is it called the whip Olympics? Which <laughs> if you can't tell by the name, it's it's about whips, you know, the, the thing that I taught you. You can go check out my little concept catalog about whips and flails right over here. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's over here. 12 seconds later. So, the basis of this competition, basically what people need to understand is that it's not just how well can you throw whips? It's how well can you integrate whips into your entire performance it is to demonstrate how one can set up their whips, how one can execute their whips, and how one can integrate their whips into other concepts. That is basically the entire idea of what the Wimp Olympics is about, is really showcasing what the concept of whips is capable of doing instead of just being whips, you know, just big dynamic movements. Enough already, you can stop. Okay, so most of you are probably wondering now, what is it that I wanna talk about? Well, I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about what it is about this online competition, why it's actually important, and what we can take away from it. You know, what can we learn that we can apply to other competitions going forward? Now, this is barring GFC because GFC is a completely different style of formatting when it comes to an online competition. Not only that, it's just rather not cover something that is not completed yet. Uh, luckily, at the time of recording this episode, the Web Olympics just finished yesterday, so I am now covering it next day, so keep that in mind. If you're watching this now, it's probably like two or three weeks after the event took place, so yeah, I, I know. Again, you guys should know, I, I make a bunch of videos beforehand, and I, I sit on them for weeks as they sit on the schedule. Alright, alright, alright! Anyways, 
So let's start with Okay, one of my first points that I do want to cover when it comes to the Whip Olympics is that it was streamed on Twitch. Now, there's been a lot of discussion within the Gloving community about what platform we as the community should be using. In my, I can't believe I'm doing this. In my opinion. Nobody asked you, so why don't you just take a hike? Twitch and YouTube are probably better platforms for us to be using than Facebook. If you, again, guys go check out my DMCA video about that because, you know, Facebook tends to be really, really stringy. Not only that, it's just the, the thing with Facebook algorithm, it's just not favorable for us. So yeah, I think going onto YouTube and going onto Twitch is where we want to be. Okay. Not only that, what I really did like about the Wimp Olympics as well is that it was a weekly stream. So in this case, when it came to the Wimp Olympics, it was every Sunday and we watched, <laughs> well, a lot of us watched it on the weekends and on Saturday or on Sunday. One major thing I do want to say, since it was streamed, you can actually have streaming parties. And that's one of the biggest highlights that I want to take away from the Whip Olympics is that since it was on Twitch, a lot of us in the Worldwide Glovers Discord, which the link's right here, go check it out. It's a great place to hang out and get some good stuff on gloving. We all sat there and actually watched it being live streamed as well as being logged into Twitch to give the viewerships as well and to comment on the stream as well. But we actually sat and watched it together and it was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> in my opinion, watching live streams of gloving competitions was a lot of fun because you, in essence, just like a regular stream on Twitch is, you're having that live interaction with the creators, not only that, but with other members of the community and having those conversations. And to me, that was actually really, really important. That showed the level of engagement the community is willing to have. And when it came to the parameters of the comp competition, basically, it was relatively fair. You know, in all honesty, a lot of the gripes that people might have about this competition, I really see it as, again, immaterial because it was a free competition. You didn't have to pay anything into it. You know what I mean? So I, I understand certain people's gripes. Okay. So with all that being said, I guess we should cover some things that we might considered. So one thing I want to point out that people might point to as considered bad, it was too many disqualifications. First of all, there was not that many disqualifications. If I remember correctly, I can only recount, um, I think two or three DQs throughout the entire competition, which is pretty decently good if you consider the size of this competition. 64 competitors and only three DQs throughout the entire competition. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. So. I have to give them props on that. And not only that, I do have to commend the competitors who were a part of this competition being as communicative to the organizers as they were. Okay, there is something that I want to stress to a lot of the people in the community when it comes to these competitions. It's not this ironclad rigid system that you have to abide to, otherwise it just doesn't work. 
there, yes, there are certain competitions out there that, yeah, the judging and things like that are very rigid in that fashion. But at the same time, you really have to take into account other factors when it comes to the competition. What's the prize pool? What's the entry fee? What is the cost? It's things of that nature is what you need to take into account when it comes to competitions like that. Okay. okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, basically, the, the amount of DQs that they had in this in this competition altogether was not that bad. I honestly think it was great. Now, do I think to me disqualifications is bad? Yes. Why? It's because now we're losing that kind of content. We're losing the light show content that we are here to see. Is it the tournament organizers fault that they don't have that content? No. Is it the competitors fault? To a degree. Now, most of us Glovers, if not all of us, especially the tournament organizers, we get it. We get that life gets in the way. We get that things happen and you might have to bow out. That's fine, okay? Most of these competitions are usually free. If not, there's a very low entry point. Like the highest I've seen was like 20 bucks. And believe me, compared to a lot of the competitions outside of gloving, Entry fees are way, way higher. I've I've entered into a hundred dollar entry fee competitions for Magic the Gathering. That yeah, I didn't make any money off of it, but yeah, th there was there was a steep entry point. I'm not going to get into the whole details of that, but please understand that when it comes to competitions and gloving, the entry point of entry is really, really, really low, and that's in my opinion another point towards the good. Now, here's another point I want to stress. And I, f I feel this is very, very important more for the tournament organizers or the people who are hosting these competitions or any challenges or anything like that. If you're hosting something in this fashion, this is something I want to stress. Having a playlist that helps you avoid the DMCA notices that will come down the pipeline if you use certain songs which, yes, I did a lovely little episode on the DMCA. Go check it out. I cover everything you need to understand when it comes to the DMCA as a Glover. Yes, DMCA is an extremely complicated section of the law, especially when it comes to the Section 512 portion of it because of the safe harbor thing, and people get really, really annoyed and aggravated that places like YouTube or Facebook have safe harbor amend uh, amendments in this law. But again, go check out that video. The lawyer explains it very, very well. Five minutes later. Was it a bad mark on the competition for not having a playlist put in place to help themselves avoid the DMC? No, that's something I just don't think a lot of people had the hindsight to uh, take into account. And that's fine. That is completely fine. It We're, we're talking about things that people just don't really know much about. Hence why I did an episode on it. But yes, going forward, I would hope that any tournament organizers or aspiring competition event creators, organizers, whatever, TOs, who cares? I care. EOs, if you want to use that, I don't, again, don't care. If you're going to host a competition or a challenge, please make sure you guys do the due diligence of actually coming up with a decent sized playlist for the competitors to choose from. That way they have a choice of what songs they want to choose, but they don't have to literally worry about DMCA coming down the pipeline, not only on their personal channel, but on the people who are hosting it and streaming it on their Twitch. You know, 
Uh, this was this is something that has been brought up to me from a lot of the competitors of the Whip Olympics because they know that I'm very well versed in the DMCA bylaws and all that stuff that I was willing to help them out. I again I did link a good amount of stuff on the DMCA video, so go check it out if you want to find you know non copyright stuff that you need you want to avoid. Um, typing in DMC uh, DMCA free on YouTube, you will actually find playlists or you know videos that are. DMCA free stuff, you know, they, that, that stuff exists. Yeah, if you're going, that's one thing that's, you should take away from it is make a playlist that helps you avoid the DMCA if that's something that you're very concerned about. Another point that we can take away as maybe a bad point, some people might say that, I don't really care, you know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is. One major thing that a lot of people are going to point out is the no audio overlay. I understand the the immersion factor when it comes to these these overlays and things like that. However, to the untrained person, overlaying audio can be rather difficult. Now, I will even tell you that even I, as somebody who's been making videos for for gloving for God, I don't even know how long I've been doing this part for. You guys do know that I've been doing this podcast for over two years. I just don't remember how long I've been doing the video portion. It's very recent. Fucking idiot. I understand from that standpoint. Overlaying audio is hard. Now, do I think that the tournament organizers should overlay the audio and produce that kind of quality of content? Sure, if they want to do that. That's on them for the quality of content they want to create. That does put a lot of pressure on the, the tournament organizers to make sure that their content is much better. And it also takes a good amount of time. Now, I know there are people out there who are just so well versed in overlaying audio that they're just like wizards. A wizard did it. And I would definitely be the type of person to want to utilize those people's skills to help me with overlaying the audio. Now, not to jump on it, but GFC or gloving for charity if you guys don't know what this is about yet which yes I will cover this in an episode there will be an episode on it when GFC announced that they were going to do a tournament and all that stuff when GFC came out and be announced there was playlists made and an extensive playlist was made that's that's the thing I want to stress is that he at <laughs> Ice Cream Teddy really went out of the way to make sure that he was able to create not only good quality content but great quality content not only for us glovers who want to see that stuff but to non-glovers who might stumble upon it wait what and one of the major things that and teddy agrees with me 100 percent about this is that one of the major things that you want to avoid is copyright claims that could mute your music okay Again, I, I covered it a good amount in my DMCA episode, but I will reiterate here that with a copyright strike, it will take down your video. Therefore, he loses that content. Okay, so he actually went the extra step to have these playlists put into place. And that's something I would want to stress to anybody who wants to host a competition in any fashion. All right, make sure that if you're going to make videos about it and go put it on the internet that you follow somewhat the guidelines when it comes to the DMCA. All right, all right, I get it. So what are the takeaways that I got from this, this competition? Well, there's quite a bit. First of all, 
one thing, of course, is the DMC, which I'm not going to go any further on it. You guys heard me talk that to death by now. Thanks. But with the DMC, that's something very important. And it's very important because, in my opinion, visibility is way more important than monetization. I cannot say words. Sorry. But yes, monetization isn't as important to us Glovers than visibility is. However, for these organizers to come back and make better content each and every single time, they need to generate revenue so they can actually put that revenue into it to make it better. It's kind of the reason why I like I have a Patreon video and a Patreon account so you guys can, you know, maybe help me get better at this. But yes, that, that is one major thing. The other major thing I want to talk about is overlaying audio. To many people that is important. To some people it's not as important. If you're somebody who wants to avoid overlaying audio because you know you find it a little bit too taxing or just a little bit too um, tedious, I guess is the word I'm going to use, it's understandable. You may be able to help have somebody do it for you. I mean, you might have to cough up some dough, like five bucks maybe. Who knows, who cares? I care. But if you are not going to do the overlay audio, at least make sure that you bring the, the sound quality and the sound source, which is your speaker, uh, bring it closer to your microphone, but also turn it down. Do not have it blasting right next to your microphone. It's not going to translate well, okay? So that's something I just, Definitely want to stress, and I know a lot of people are like, well, I want the music to be loud enough so you don't hear the clicks and claps and all the stuff with my hands and the lights. It's understandable. But again, you just don't overbear your microphone with the, the blasting of your speaker because if you guys actually watch like <laughs> the old, and I mean the old videos of light show videos, like Gummy at 420 Fest, Yeah, you, you see how it just, the bass kills the entire microphone. That's something I would like you guys to avoid because that does happen. Okay, peeking the microphone hurts. Trust me, especially somebody who edits video and I peek the microphone, it hurts my ears. And I have tinnitus, so I know what I'm talking about. A little longer than a few minutes later. And one last takeaway that I would like to talk about when it comes to the Wimp Olympics is I like the idea of weekly streams. Okay, weekly streams was really, really cool. Uh, it, it, it allowed people to keep it in relevance. You know, I do a weekly podcast to keep myself relevant. So, you know, every week I'm always popping out an episode. So, weekly streams was great. I did enjoy that as a schedule. Now, do you have to follow that schedule to like a perfect T? No, but consistency is king in this community. If you are consistent and posting your content out there, you will get noticed. Trust me, I thought I was not being noticed, but yes, I am very, very much noticed if you guys have not seen my posts that I did as a gag. Ha! Gay! One other thing I want to kind of talk about is in terms of a brainstorming uh, situation is I was talking to a lot of members of the community on the Worldwide Glover Discord chat, which yes, you guys should be on there. I don't know why you're not. First bite? <laughs> what I was talking to them about was like, how would you improve 
the experience of the Wimp Olympics, especially when it came to the, the, the top eight rounds. In particular, the semi and the grand finals. Okay, so there, you guys, as you, most of you know, that I was in competitions of other, other formats, such as Magic the Gathering, Super Smash Brothers, you know, things of that nature. And this is something that, as a content creator, makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not saying that the tournament organizers should do this, but this is something to take note of. So in the grand finals of, let's just use Magic the Gathering for this example, they get a best three out of five type of match, okay? And there are certain tournaments that they have, if I remember correctly, I wanna say Worlds is a tournament that uses this in this fashion, is that to make a lot of content, <laughs> they would have the grand finals competitors have three formats to choose from, which typically in this case, it would probably be like standard, modern, and legacy. And they're the, usually the trifecta standards of worlds. Uh, and they would play two out of three matches in each of those formats. And if you won two out of the three of those matches, then you, you won worlds. That's how they had it set up. Now, this is something that I kind of want to bring into gloving in a way. So if I was Youngblood and Materia and I was having the grand finals, I would have in a perfect world, I would have asked them to make three videos to three different genres. For the main reason I will say this is not just more gloving content, which yes, it is more gloving content. But if you guys watch the grand finals of the Wimp Olympics, one thing that I took away from it that I wish um, was improved upon was more of an opportunity for the glovers to be showcased since they made it to that point. Uh, I felt when we watched the finals that it was very one-sided and it's nothing against the competitors and it's nothing against the tournament organizers. I think things just kind of landed the way that they did. And am I saying that Trace kind of got duped out of a win? No. I, the way I'm going to say it is that I feel like Trace didn't get a good opportunity to really showcase himself as a Glover in the finals as compared to the rest of the competition. Wow, what do you say after that one? Brutal, savage, wrecked. Absolutely taken down. Now, when I was saying this to a lot of the, to a lot of Glovers on Discord, they thought I was talking about in person. No, 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 no. You're already going through a marathon as it is in person, you shouldn't do that. But to online competitions, where you're actually spaced out over a matter of weeks, it makes a little bit more sense there, not in person. Just want to stress that. Oh. Oh. Now I did talk to a lot of the members of the community and they did tell me that that could be really daunting, which yes, it's very true. Oh, so if three videos is too much, okay, each competitor make two videos. If two videos is literally too much for the community to handle for a grand finals match, I, uh, I, I don't know what to say because do you want them to make a five minute single video? type deal and that be enough no i i honestly think having a three video format for your grand finals and having like for the example here three different genres to choose from or you have to do three different genres with the chosen genres that we have that allows for a few things one 
It allows for more gloving content so the people who are watching the grand finals are not watching two videos and then it's over and then everyone goes home. You know, that's just, in my opinion, it's silly. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! But two, it allows the last two competitors to really, that are really given the opportunity to showcase their skills. Not only that, but they're also able to showcase how they apply their skills and their knowledge to different formats of music. You know, you can sit there and say electro swing, lo-fi hip hop and, and dubstep. Let's just say those are the three genres. You know, they're very different. So taxing your, your finalists to show, really showcase their skills in different genres, especially if they're genres that they're not familiar with, allows you to see how well they can improv on the spot, right? Now, granted, yes, I know when it comes to online competitions, it's not really on the spot, it's more planned, and people actually have the opportunity to really listen to the songs that they want to choose, blah, 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 you know, semantics. Why you pulling me? I'm right. But, in my opinion, that just gives the finalists a more complete and rewarding experience, uh, as opposed to, here's two videos, here's your winner, everybody goes home. You know what I mean? Um, that was the only part I felt a little disappointed on, is that it was just done. And I was just like, well, okay, I just, you know, spent 15 minutes watching this and I can just go go back doing what I was doing. I don't think that's necessarily the case, you know. So, at the end of the day, what is it that we took away from the Whip Olympics? Well, first of all, I felt like the Whip Olympics was rather successful as a competition. Secondly, I felt like the community actually was paying very close attention to this competition um, because there was plenty of discussion about it on Discord and on Facebook. Not as much on Reddit. Uh, earthquake. Yeah, truck going by. The other thing I will certainly say to take away from this is that there are always ways to improve on competitions. And is my suggestions the best way to go about it? No, <laughs> no, not at all. It is, in my opinion, just a way to open the floor of discussion. So what I would like to do is open the floor to discussion to the community. What do you guys think about the Whip Olympics? What, how did you feel it was handled? Do you feel like there was other ways for you to improve upon it? I, I, I want to know because I would like to actually bring this information to these organizers. You know, I'm not saying just Ice Cream Teddy and Materia and stuff like, there's I, anyone who wants to do a competition or host a competition, I want to bring that information to them. So, if you guys have any questions or concerns or comments and stuff about this episode that I did not cover in it, please let me know. You do have the various places on the internet to hit me up at. I do have all my social media links. You also have the comment section. They're all down below of this video. You know, down there, go check it out. I'm out of here. And of course, as to end this all, <laughs> if you guys like the content I'm making and wish to help me make better content, you do have the wonderful opportunity to hit me up on Patreon. Okay, you need to let that oh go. Oh my god, okay. no one cares. It's so boring every day. Yes, I'm still going to push it. There's the perk video right there. Go have fun with it. Lastly, but not least, I do want to thank everybody who has shown support to me. <laughs> And I want to give a special shout out to the people on the World Like Lovers Discord. You know, every, you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, but most of all, McKinley, I want to give you a huge shout out. 
you know, uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for helping me spread the love by posting my video everywhere. Also, just as a final note, um, if you don't know how to get onto Discord and know how to get onto our Discord server, guess what? McKinley came up with it on YouTube channel for it. So guess what? You'll actually find tutorials of how to join onto Discord, either on phone or computer, and how to get into our Discord server. So please go check out those videos. Go, go subscribe to this channel for the love of God. Please do show support to this man. <sighs> but yep, that's pretty much all for my episode. Once again, thank you to everybody who's watched slash listening to this episode so far. It wouldn't have been possible without your guys' help. Don't mention it. And your silent moral support. <laughs> uh, but I am your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD Buke, the cringiest Glover on YouTube. And I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>